What's going on guys? It's Nick here, back with another video. Week two, officially in the book, so it's time to talk about top waiver wire options for week three. Actually not too many appealing options this week, but definitely some names we should go over. Uh, I'd say overall though, if you're in like, you know, a competitive 12-team league, there probably isn't a player on free agency that you're spending more than like 7 to 10% on. Uh, there's a chance that someone that's, you know, 80, 85% owned happens to not be owned in your league, right? That means that 15 to 20% of you, uh, they'll see them available. But I'm pretty sure everyone that we go over today is at least available in 40% of leagues. So, you know, unlikely that that type of player is being talked about today. Let's start off with wide receivers, where the top option would be one of the commander's wide receivers. So, Jahan Dotson is probably the most likely to be available, but... If Curtis Samuel happens to be there as well, both of these players should be owned in all leagues. If either of them is on free agency, claim them. Probably don't have to go into that too much on Dotson. You know, really talented first round rookie performing really well so far. Uh, and that passing offense is performing really well as well. So he's available. Get him. Same thing, Curtis Samuel being involved a ton in the offense. But, you know, odds are neither of them are available. The next option I'd look to uh, who could have been dropped recently is probably George Pickens. I feel like he's also still rostered in most competitive leagues, but I have seen him dropped in a lot of places. I've gotten a lot of questions about people asking, hey, he's been dropped. Should I go after him? You know, he is someone who, you know, maybe someone drafted just based off of the hype, right? There was a lot of hype around George Pickens over the offseason. Maybe they watched the first two weeks. Don't really see it in the box score. Cut him. Uh, but he was someone that, you know, we figured would probably start the season slow. Usually it's the second half of the year for rookie wide receivers where they truly break out. And that's especially the case if you have someone behind a Deontay Johnson, you know, who's got like a 30, 33% target share, a really talented wide receiver. Maybe we can see like a Drake London start to break out really, really early when there's you know no wide receiver talent ahead of them. But on a team with a lot of talent, you know, it's likely that Pickens is going to break out in the second half of the season. But I still think that he's very clearly going to be their number two wide receiver over the second half. If something happens, Deontay Johnson, he's already just like a, a weekly must start. And so not someone you expected to rely on right now, didn't draft to rely on right now. And so if he got dropped, it's still a long-term play. So I'd pick him up. If they're unavailable, I think you're looking at Russell Gage, probably the next most likely to be there. Mike Evans suspended for week three. Godwin likely going to be out. I'm feel like it's probably confirmed that he's going to be out. And then Julio already banged up. Obviously, we don't know his status just yet, but, you know, the odds he's 100% come week three, unlikely. So Gage, you know, he's going to have a much larger role to fill. Now, he's not Mike Evans. You know, he's not Chris Godwin. If one of them were in this spot with the only healthy wide receiver, they're going to smash. Gage, not necessarily guaranteed to smash, but as the clear top wide receiver, on the Bucks, he has to be rostered everywhere. So if he's available, get him. After that, I'd say it's a tie between Michael Gallup and Rondell Moore. Both are close to returning. Uh, there's a lot of optimism that Gallup is going to return really soon. And we have to imagine that Rondell Moore is pretty close to returning as well. And when people see the role that both of these players have, they're going to be the top waiver wire ad the following week after their return. Like people are going to see how involved Rondell Moore is, and they're going to be like, "Why was this guy on free agency? Like he's you know close to a weekly 
start in this offense. Now, we'll have to see the offense. You know, maybe Marquise Brown starts to get going. Maybe Hopkins, when he returns, it changes things. But, you know, if Rondell Moore started next week, you'd be considering starting him. That's how good he's going to be. And so I'd want to roster him. And especially in leagues, you know, with an IR spot, if you're not using your IR spot and Michael Gallup's on free agency, you got to get him. I mean, it's just a, a very clear ad there. Uh, he's going to have a pretty large role, easy number two. Uh, and they, you know, they need that. They've kind of been struggling with only having CD Lamb as a, a talent. I know Noah Brown's been like, okay, but he's Noah Brown, right? Michael Gallup is still better than him. If those are unavailable, or if you're looking kind of beyond that group, six more names that aren't necessarily players you need to go after. So if you're like, oh, those people are, you know, already rostered. Um, what are some other names that I really want to add, I would say no one, to be completely honest, unless again, like I said to start, if there's someone that's like 80, 85% roster, I'm not going over them in this video, but some players in maybe deeper formats, maybe competitive leagues, maybe you had um, Mike Evans, you had some of these other wide receivers that have been injured, are suspended, uh, then you can look to this list. But I would say for most of you, this list is more like keep an eye on, uh, not necessarily need to add. So Richie James, Kyle Phillips, Zay Jones, Greg Dortch, Joshua Palmer, and Nelson Aguilar. Those are like the six that I would look at um, to have kind of a good opportunity here. Uh, Richie James, probably my favorite. Five catches on six targets in back-to-back -back weeks. And honestly, he looks like the best Giants wide receiver at the moment. Uh, Kenny, Kenny Galladay is just like dust at this point. Um, he was in for like two snaps last week. He hasn't been involved. There were a lot of reports to close the offseason that he looked like a statue out there, that like he wasn't doing anything. So don't worry about Galladay. Um, when Wandell Moore is active, he's going to be their best wide receiver. Um, obviously, he's like returning right now from his injury. Tony was also up to like 38% of the snaps after 12% in week one, but he still only has two carries for 23 yards, two receptions for zero yards on the entire season. Um, I still think it's like 100% the wrong decision not playing Tony more than they are, but the Giants are going to keep him in the doghouse right now. So at least for now, you've got Richie James and you got Shepard as the one of the two. And again, Richie James looks like the best wide receiver and he had some really good games in the past. And so when Wondell returns, like he, he's going to be their best wide receiver. But until that starts happening, and even when it does, Richie James is you know going to get snaps. He's going to look good. And so I'd pick him up if you need a wide receiver. After that, um, I know Phillips, I don't even know his final stat line, but it was probably like one catch uh, last night. Don't worry too much about that. I mean, Tennessee got steamrolled. They're playing in Buffalo, like just a brutal spot. I think they benched their starters for the entire fourth quarter. Like that was not, you know, a, a normal outcome. You don't need to be running to the waiver wire to add a rookie who's coming off one catch on like one or two targets, but he's a name to keep in mind because he could end up being their second best wide receiver behind Traylon Burks. And that'll have value on this new Titans offense that's not going to be as good, that is going to be throwing a lot more in the second half. And so, talented rookie, some upside in the second half. You could stash him. Zay Jones didn't do fantastic this week, but the Jaguars are going to throw the ball a lot this season. And he's going to run plenty of routes. Like, he's going to be out there most of the time. They do not have a rookie that's going to, like, you know, perform better in the second half, kind of kick him out. Like his role is defined 
Uh, he's going to be someone who you can kind of rotate in to maybe your flex, maybe your wide receiver too. Um, not going to be someone you're like excited to start, but in a good matchup, uh, he won't be terrible. If you've got bye weeks, you've got injuries, like he's just someone who you know is going to go out there, get targets, a really good lower end option for your bench. The last three, Dorch, Palmer, Aguilar, all fine, but they're definitely short-term options. These are not long-term options at wide receiver. Dorch is only a thing until Rondell Moore or Hopkins returns, which is going to be soon for at least one of them. Uh, Palmer only a thing until Keenan Allen returns. Even then, he's just fine. Like he got super lucky with a touchdown uh, to close out last week, but you know he's not someone you're going to feel comfortable starting even when Allen is out. Aguilar, you know, only available to use while Thornton is injured again. That's kind of a short-term thing. I don't know how long Thornton's going to be out, but it's not going to be the full season. Uh, they're hoping he returns relatively quickly. And even while he's you know out, it's Aguilar, right? We don't trust him. And then do we really want to be starting in a season-long format, uh, the deep ball wide receiver in the Patriots, who we know has had a history of having maybe a good game and then like six bad ones? Probably not. Running backs up next. Definitely a few options this week. Um but I would say a lot of them are handcuffs, and that's just something that you got to know with the running back position. Most of the time, your bench is going to have like one or two that are like, you know, decent options. Maybe you're considering for the flex, but then your other spots on the bench are mostly going to be handcuffs, mostly going to be players who don't have a role right now. But if something happened to the starter, you know, people are spending 50% of their fab to try and pick them up the following week. It'd be nicer if you already had them on your bench. Uh, top three, though, that have standalone value are... Jeff Wilson, Raheem Mostert, and Mark Ingram. And I would say in that order for adding them, unless, of course, like if you have like Alvin Kamara, you probably should have already had Mark Ingram, but like you would change the order if you have uh, the starter there. You all know I'm not really a huge fan of Jeff Wilson, but, you know, getting pretty lucky at this point. I mean, we see uh, the clear feature back, Elijah Mitchell, get hurt right away. Again, he just cannot stay healthy. Uh, you see in the next week, uh, they're kind of splitting the touches between Wilson and Tyrion Davis-Price. Tyrion Davis-Price now has uh, the high ankle sprain. I don't know the exact timeline there, but it's probably like a month to two months. And even when he returns, you know, high ankle sprains, they're brutal. I mean, they impact you for the entire season. Like, we basically just can't even expect Davis-Price to really perform all that well, even when he's back later this season. And so you just got running back after running back getting injured uh, you've got, you know, Trey Lance going down, uh, having a season-ending injury. That's going to boost Jeff Wilson because it's going to take away those quarterback runs. Like, all these factors just going into Jeff Wilson. So even though he's not that good of a player, unless they bring someone in, you've got Jordan Mason, who's like a lower-end option, but in like a 12-team league, it, like, is fine. It's probably going to have to get work. But you see what I'm saying here. It's like, they don't have that much talent anymore so unless they're a team that goes out and trades for like um, Alexander Madison or they're a team that trades for someone else like you got to imagine Jeff Wilson's getting those like 15 to 18 carries maybe a target or two in the passing game and even if he's not that good he's going to produce so you got to be adding Jeff Wilson at this point if he's available on free agency um, after that it would go down to Mostert um, always been a really efficient running back like he's a good running back his problem is like he has no upside. So there's no world. Just remember this. If you're adding him, you're like, wow, you know, he, he performed really well. Is he going to get more and more touches? No. Like he also ran a lot of routes this last Sunday, but they didn't throw the running backs that much. Uh, I think he only had like one reception and maybe only on one target. 
But the point is, they never want to overload Mostert. So he's not going to go out there and get 15 carries, three targets every week. Not going to happen. He's going to remain in this role that has like 9 to 11 carries, maybe a target here and there, uh, maybe adds on a few touchdowns. Uh, I think a player like that, though, is like worth rostering. If you get into trouble, bye weeks, injuries, terrible matchups, you need a running back too. If he is going to get 10 carries, he's probably turning that into around 45 to 55 yards unless he breaks a long one, which Mostert can do. Maybe he's adding in a touchdown, maybe reception, and you're not going to be like super thrilled with starting him, but he gives you an out. You know, he gives you an option to where it's like if you just have your starters and handcuffs, well, you don't want to be starting the handcuffs. And so he's got standalone value. He should be rostered. And then again, the last one, Mark Ingram, um, standalone value right now while uh, Kamara is out. It seems like Kamara is not going to have a long-term injury. He might be back this week, but I think we've seen, um, I honestly wasn't sure that Mark Ingram was going to have, you know, a, a large role in the offense while Kamara was out getting up there in age, hasn't been performing as well in recent years, uh, but it seems like he's going to have a role at least. And so he's like one of the premier handcuffs that really should be out. And if you've got Kamara, like you just have to have Mark Ingram. Uh, the rest, pure running back handcuffs. Uh, Rashad White, uh, you know, Benjamin and Daryl Williams. We'll talk about like that kind of combination there that we've never been able to figure out this offseason. Uh, Khalil Herbert, uh, Tyler Algier, and then Jalen Warren. All players that you don't necessarily um, need to have the starter to have these players. It's just if you've got, you know, an extra bench spot and you're like, what do I do for upside? Well, that's what you do for upside. You roster Rashad White in case Fournette has an injury. You roster one of, you know, Benjamin or Darrell Williams in case James Conner has an injury. He had one this week, um, not looking like a major injury. Uh, probably could have gone back into the game if it was a playoff game, if it was something that, like, really, really mattered, um, or if they, like, hadn't activated both, you know, Benjamin or Darrell Williams. Like, they, they, he could have gone back into the game. It doesn't seem like he's going to be out for, like, a month for this one. But the point is, you know, if David Montgomery, went down. Khalil Herbert's going to have insane value. That last bench spot, you know, should be reserved for someone like that and give your team a little bit of upside. That's probably uh, the order I listed and I'll have on the screen. It's probably the order I'd add them in, uh, but it really comes down to your personal preference. You know, which one do you think would perform really well? Which one do you think has a chance to take over? Um, again, none of them are going to have standalone value, uh, but if you want someone to add that upside, those are players I would add one note about Eno Benjamin and Daryl Williams. So we saw in week one, looks like Eno's the backup. And we're like, awesome. We finally figured it out, right? We couldn't figure it out all summer. Eno was getting touches. But Daryl was playing on special teams, and that was when Connor was healthy. It seems like, so we have Connor go down. Eno is going to be like, like what we thought, you know, get some carries, but he's going to be more of that receiving back. Uh, but Daryl's still going to mix in. So my updated take on this backfield, if Connor were to miss time, is a timeshare. I don't think they're going to go to one backup. I think they're going to kind of rotate in both running backs. I still think you prefer Eno because if he has that passing game role, well, that's just more valuable. If they're going to even roughly split the touches on early downs, if you've got the one that's going to have, you know, three, four, five targets, that's way more valuable than getting a few more carries, even if it comes with a slightly higher chance at the goal line because it's not like you're going to completely go to one running back at the goal line. So it'd be kind of 50-50. Um, again, I think you want, you know, but if you want to add one of them, whichever one you prefer, I would do that. Last one is Brian Robinson. I have my IR spot in two out of three leagues. And I really do think he's going to have value when he does end up returning. 
you know, he looks good in the clips we've seen going around on Twitter right now. Um, he seems like he's going to be fully recovered very soon. Uh, we haven't seen him into like, you know, game action, I guess. Like we we're only seeing him do like individual drills, but it's pretty exciting seeing him already out there to start week three. I think there's a chance he can return week five, but even if he doesn't come back at the minimum, I guess the maximum, he has to be out at least till week five. He can come back in week five. And so even if it takes him until week six, week seven, he's going to return at some point. He was going to be the lead back when he was out. I think he resumes that role because it's not like, you know, Antonio Gibson has like done a whole lot to be like, oh, now we got to clearly go to Antonio Gibson. He has like 3.1 yards per carry. He's been fine, but he's been fine. You know, he's been exactly what he's been in prior seasons. Brian Robinson was just better in the preseason. He was just better in camp. Like he's just a better running back. It looks like. So I think it's still Robinson's job when he returns. And if that's the case, even if it's a 1A, 1B situation, if he's on free agency and you've got an IR spot, or even if you don't, it's worth rostering because it's like, you've got these other running backs, you know, that we talked about that are like handcuffs, like if the starter went down, but we know there's a timeline for Brian Robinson potentially taking over and it's not that far down the future like if you said Khalil Herbert well we know that you know Dave Montgomery is gonna um you know get way fewer touches in like three weeks yeah you're, you're rostering Khalil Herbert in like a ton of leagues right you're trying to get him everywhere and so I think you're adding him uh, I think a lot of people may have forgotten about him but he was the one like he was going to be the lead back before uh, of course like the carjacking which was super unfortunate but he's going back soon tight end a few options, but pretty much the same as last week. Uh, the odds that at this point, there's some like new tight end that's breaking out and is a must-add top five tight end, very unlikely. We know who the top tight ends are. We know who has upside. No one's really surprising us at this point. Um, top four options in my eyes, uh, Everett, Conklin, Logan Thomas, and Evan Ingram. And then you also have options for Isaiah Likely, Hayden Hurst, Robert Tunyon, uh, Juwan Johnson. But I mean, let's be honest. That whole group of names, streaming options, it's I waited on tight end and I have to start someone, you know, that's not going to be as good. Like no one I listed is going to be some like clear top five tight end. I would say the most likely to fill that role would be Everett. You know, he's on the best team. Uh, he's played uh, two thirds of snaps in back to back weeks. He's got 14 targets on the season. Like he's got a really strong role in the offense. He looks good. I don't think you can watch a Chargers game and not think that Gerald Everett looks really good out there with the ball in his hands. Um, obviously, you have to monitor the Herbert injury. I don't think you're starting Gerald Everett while Herbert is injured. We will see if Herbert misses any weeks. But I think regardless, it's worth rostering Gerald Everett because Herbert's not going to miss the whole season. He's going to come back at some point. And any tight end on a good team getting snaps and targets is worth rostering. But again, he looks really good. Um I think even if you wanted to add him as like your tight end two, like you've got, you know, uh, Goddard or Hawkinson, like I just think you should just be rostering ever, even if it's to keep him away from your opponents. Um, after that, Conklin should probably be rostered everywhere as well. Played 92% and 100% of the snaps in the first two weeks. You don't see that often. And 16 total targets. Now, a little bit inflated because they've had some like really high pass attempts games, like not always going to happen there. But you know, he was someone we talked about as a deep sleeper over the offseason because he's not a bad receiving tight end. And if he's going to play 100% of the snaps, clearly play over uh, CJ Azoma, like, you know, he should be rostered. 
I don't think you necessarily need to start him, but he should be on your roster. Logan Thomas on in that list, you're probably just picking your favorite. There is not a lot separating any of these players. As I said last week, I'd say Logan Thomas and Robert Tunyon have the most touchdown upside. Both have recovered really nicely from their knee injuries. They have upside. You're really just looking for touchdowns this far down at tight end. Evan Ingram, you know, in prior years, he's been a really good option, um, has suffered a ton of injuries, poor play in recent years, but he's got 11 catches on 12 targets, and the Jaguars' offense looks pretty good. I'm not going to say they're elite. I'm not even going to say they're above average, but like they look a lot better than in previous years, and so that's pretty exciting. Uh, clear top tight end there. He should be rostered, and then likely Hurst, Juwan Johnson. Like You know, they're playing a lot. And they're on good passing offenses. So while none of them have a ceiling, likely rookie season playing behind Mark Andrews, no ceiling there. Hayden Hurst, the targets are going to Higgins. They're going to Chase. They're going to Boyd. They're going to Hurst after that. Not a lot of upside. And then Juwan Johnson, like, you know, they've got Michael Thomas. They've got Alvin Kamara. They've got Chris Olave. Like, they've got players as well. So even though these players are, like, playing a lot, they have good roles uh, they should be definitely rostered in deeper formats. None of them have like a true ceiling where if you're in a 10 or 12-team league, you got to be going after them. Uh, for quarterback, only three names, Tua, Wentz, Mariota. Uh, Tua is the most likely to be rostered already, but you know we talked last week in our favorite plays video on Saturday how pass-heavy Miami is, how much they can explode if they are pushed on offense this season. We saw that upside on Sunday. Uh, we saw an offense that was able to push them, that was also willing to lean pass heavy. Pretty obvious spot that was going to explode, and then it did, and we saw the upside. I have not finished the rest of the season rankings, so update there. This video goes out maybe like noon or something like that on Tuesday. I'm going to, after that's uploaded, put the final touches on the rest of season rankings, I'll get those out, the trade calculator out as well. So I don't know exactly where Tua is going to rank, but you know, he's been really good. And I have to imagine with some of the poor performances that we have seen from some of these like mid range quarterbacks, he's going to be some where you're looking at the rest of season rankings. You're like, yeah, I can actually like roster this guy, even if it's as your quarterback too, as a streaming option, as someone to where, you know, if you have Russell Wilson. And he continues to perform poorly. Maybe you're flipping to it in your starting lineup. Uh, another player that's kind of a similar deal is Wentz. Over 300 passing yards in each game. Seven touchdowns on the season. You know, the reports that came out of camp where he was struggling. I don't know if they were wrong. Maybe he's put it all together. But like, he's not struggling right now. And he's benefited from three great wide receivers around him. Like, it, he's looked good. He's putting up fantasy points. Again, I don't know that you're going out there every week and starting him, uh, especially against the Eagles this week. It's a tough spot, but hey, it's a revenge game for him, and he's looked good. And if he can put it together against the Eagles, if he has another 300 yards, three touchdowns, like we just need to be rostering him and really thinking about playing him most weeks. Uh, and then finally, Mariota. I didn't actually run as much this last week, didn't have as good of a game, but we know he's capable on the ground. We know we can have, you know, 70, 80 rushing yards on the ground, add a touchdown there. Um, the playmakers on the Falcons have looked better. You know they have Patterson, but like uh, Drake London has really outperformed expectations so far. Like he's performing phenomenally. We know Kyle Pitts is talented. He's going to be involved more very soon. And so Mariota just looks competent. And we know the cheat code with mobile quarterbacks. If you're going to add three, four, five points on the ground every single week, well, that's super valuable. 
So he's an option to add as well. I would say more a 14 and 16 team league option for Mariota. I don't think that if you drafted a quarterback, you know, in the top like 12 rounds, that you're probably starting um, Mariota over them. But hey, some of you drafted Trey Lance. These are options. These are three options you can go for on free agency. Final thing this week is defense streaming options. Your best bets this week are Cowboys at Giants, Chargers versus Jaguars, Jaguars at Chargers, Falcons at the Seahawks, and then Broncos versus the 49ers, uh, though that one's clearly last in the list for me. I'd really try and go after the Cowboys. Uh, their defense looked really, really good last week. Giants, one of the worst 2-0 teams in NFL history. Uh, if they're unavailable, I would be fine taking the Chargers. I know Jacksonville, like I said, has looked a lot better this season, but they're still you know, mistake-prone. Uh, they'll still give up some sacks, and the Chargers defense has looked phenomenally. Uh, and then I'll note on the Jaguars, like it's only if Herbert is out. Obviously, like if, if Herbert plays, you're not picking up the Jaguars defense. Um, it was requested that I mention a few players to close the video that I think are capable of being dropped. So here's some players who are rostered in at least 20% of leagues that I would be fine dropping. Elijah Mitchell, if you don't have an IR spot or if you've got a bench, but it's only like five players, or you've got a really, really small bench, you've got no IR spot. I don't think it's worth rostering him as that final bench piece for like two months. It's going to be a long-term injury, so I think you can cut him. Uh, Rex Burkhead, I think you got to carry the slack this week. You can cut him. Kenyon Drake, we know that Dobbins is returning. You, you never really should have even been rostering like Mike Davis and Kenyon Drake, but if you have them, get rid of them. Uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Tyler Boyd, uh, Kadarius Tony, clearly in the doghouse. You can pick him back up if he comes out of the doghouse at some point, but you don't need to roster him, especially with Wando returning soon. Uh, Jarvis Landry doesn't need to be rostered. They're going to go with Olave, and Michael Thomas will be the clear number three. Galladay, he's a statue. We don't need him anymore. Uh, Hunter Henry, Cole Kement, Noah Fant, just lower-end tight end options that really just are not involved in the offense right now. Um, so I'd be fine dropping any of those players in your league. Again, it comes down to your league, your league size, how competitive your league is. And so I can't give you like a, a perfect list that's going to fit everyone's needs the rest of season rankings will go live like i said later today i would use that to figure out oh this player is 20 30 spots behind someone on free agency okay well if their value is that much worse then yes you can end up dropping that player uh, there's also going to be a column to where i'm going to add in like you know what league size they're worth rostering in so that'll really be your go-to source for those types of questions so that'll do it for the week three waiver wire video. Uh, again, you can see the exact order on my website, thefansfootballadvice.com and uh, suggestions for exactly how much fab you should spend on all of these players. I'll be back tomorrow to go over players you should be trading for Thursday, running back start sets, Friday, wide receiver start sets. But that, my friends, is in this one. Hope you all enjoy. If you did, how about hitting the like button and how about subscribing to the channel if you're new here. Thanks for watching.